Welcome to Healthy Wealthy You, where we'll continue to explore all aspects of functional medicine and good health. We'll help you find the tools to become the best version of yourself. Now, here is your host, Dr. Camille Vardy. Hello, welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. This is Dr. Camille. Today, I'd like to talk about something that is way too familiar to way too many of us, burnout, stress. The challenging thing about burnout is that we can be too burned out to do what's needed to lift ourselves out of it. Many of us just go along for months and even years, just trying to survive, just trying to get through the day. We know we need sleep. We know we need to eat better or get some fresh air and exercise, but we have trouble even taking small steps to help ourselves. So today, let's look at why so many of us are burned out and what we can do about it, psychologically and physically. A big part of it is cultural. We get a lot of messages every day that push us harder and harder, and we have a lot of demands and stimulation coming at us all day long. So first of all, take a moment and take a few breaths. If you're listening to me while you're driving, please don't take your attention off the road. This is not a meditation, but please just take a moment to breathe and give your brain a little more oxygen because even that will make a difference in your day. I just want to start by saying that I'm aware that there are a lot of us that have reasons for burnout and a lot of them are beyond our control. Sometimes we might have health issues or we're caring for a family member with special needs, special health issues. Maybe we have some challenges growing up that we're still trying to find our way through. Maybe there are financial pressures that feel insurmountable. We do live in a society in which things are stacked up against a lot of people. So maybe there was some event, an accident, a divorce, a financial decision that didn't go as planned. Life can run away with us sometimes, and I understand well what you're going through. If this is you, I've got some suggestions today for the physical aspects to help you with the stress and giving you the extra boost that might help. We've talked about stress and sleep and adrenals before but let's add some new layers onto what we've already discussed. And please know as I'm talking, I have a lot of compassion for this kind of situation. I've been through it myself. For example, taking care of my elderly mom. And there are times when you just have to power through. Um, but let's see what we can do to make things easier. I want to address life on the treadmill running as fast as we can and not moving forward. And let's really look at how we got there and how we can break that cycle. And this is where our expectations and our mindset play in. And that comes from a lot of different influences, from expectations that were set up in our childhood, the expectations of our work environment, and the culture in which we're living. We may not realize that there are those influences when we're just running as fast as we can. So today, let's slow it down a bit and look at how all of that evolves and how we can unravel it. Evolved. I want to start with the macro view, a little bit of perspective on how our culture of work evolved to be what it is. And then we'll bring it down to the micro view, our family life and our upbringing and all the way down to our physiology on the cellular level. Because burnout can happen at all kinds of levels, and sometimes multiple levels. The pressure can come from anywhere, inside and out. It was so interesting to me. I looked up the synonyms for lazy online, and what you see are idle, layabout, loafer, and couch potato. But what you also see are huge value judgments, such as incompetent, worthless, useless, 
inept, slacker, aimless, waster, malingerer, good for nothing, and never do well. Ooh, never do well. Ouch. Just think of how those words make you feel. If those words make you feel small or make you feel worse, if they triggered something from your past because you were called that or you were pressured to never be that, then I promise you that good work ethic is alive and well in our culture and in your psyche. So to look more at that cultural perspective, the big influence on our attitudes towards work and our work ethic, we have to actually go back a little bit historically. We can go back to the Protestant work ethic and the Industrial Revolution. I bet you didn't think I would start there, but honestly, hear me out. I think it's really important because these ideas are so unconscious and we don't realize that they're driving us. The Protestant work ethic started with Martin Luther, the Augustine friar who lived in the 16th century, not to be confused with Martin Luther King, the civil rights leader. He was really influential in our ideas about work. He believed that people would serve God through their work, that, that work was the universal base of society. He saw work as a calling given from God. Work gave us spiritual dignity, and to not work in the profession that we were called to was against God's law. A second influential thinker of the Protestant work ethic was John Calvin. He was instrumental in our ideas about heaven and hell. He promoted the idea that people were chosen by God to go to eternal life, and that the measure of this was in the person's daily life and deeds, and was visible in the success that we showed in our worldly endeavors. A person who was indifferent and displayed idleness was most certainly one of the damned, but a person who was active, austere, and hardworking gave evidence to himself and to others that he was one of God's chosen ones. I bet you didn't realize that you'd be going against God if you didn't finish that project tonight. But even though these messages are hundreds of years old, the message that what we accomplish and how hard we work is equated with being a good person, and that message is still really strong in our society. The message is, if you don't work, you will never do well. You are good for nothing. These ideas were reinforced about 100 years later by the Industrial Revolution. Instead of farming and then selling what we produce, we shifted to factory work and we began to work by the hour. It became important for factory owners to get as much out of their workers as they could. And if you work for a corporation, I know that you experience that this is still true. They did this by reinforcing these Protestant work ethic ideas. When time is money, idle hours are a waste of money and a waste of time. That time is too valuable to waste. We don't pass time, we spend time. Henry Ford, whose contributions to mass production revolutionized factory work, wrote extensively about these ideas in his autobiography. He said, Work is our sanity, our self-respect, our salvation. Through work and work alone, may health, wealth, and happiness be secured. Wow. That idea became even more prevalent during World War II when women entered the workforce to support the war effort while the men went off to fight. Women started to have jobs, often full-time jobs, and yet were expected to still maintain the home and raise the children. That bias still exists today, as women often carry much of the daily responsibilities of the home. Think about it. Much of what traditional gender roles see as women's work are daily chores, getting the children to school and other activities, cooking, cleaning, laundry, whereas the things that are thought of as men's work at home are fix-it projects, lawn care, maintaining the car. They're weekend projects, 
Men don't have to come home at the end of a workday and then still have a whole nother workday at home. The burden of full-time job at home and full-time job at the office still persists for a lot of women. And of course, for many single parents, that's all there is. No wonder so many of us are burned out. The influential economist of the 1800s, Max Weber, who is the author of The Protestant Work Ethic and the Spirit of Capitalism, wrote, when asceticism was carried out of the monastery into everyday life, it did its part in building the economic order. That machinery has come to control the lives of many people, and it would continue to determine their lives until the last ton of fossilized coal is burned. The industry that was meant to improve human life would ultimately become an iron cage. Wow. Well, here we are 150 years later, and we're doing just that, using up the last of the Earth's resources, driving climate change, and exhausting human resources too, all to feed the insatiable machine of business and profits. And yet we're considered good for nothing if we don't get up every day and keep supporting that system and keep living inside of what feels like an iron cage. We're living a very different life than what was predicted. The prominent economist John Maynard Keynes wrote almost 100 years ago that by now, economic growth would allow everyone to live comfortably working only 15 hours a week. Wouldn't that be nice? And in 1965, a Senate subcommittee predicted but that by the year 2000, Americans would work 14 hours per week and take two months of vacation per year. And yet, despite all of our time-saving devices, washers and dryers, dishwashers, Roombas, and haha computers, so many of us don't have five minutes to spare. So what happened with these predictions? One is the abundance of consumer goods. There's just so much great stuff to buy, and we got to work more so we can buy it. Last year's clothing styles are out of date. The kids need the cool new toy. We need the new model phone and tablet and laptop. And then we need a bigger house to store our stuff. Or if we can't get a bigger house, we get a storage space and pay fees every month, even though we don't even look at that stuff for years. We need to drive the best cars to drive our kids to all the activities that will get them into the best colleges. And many people take what used to be considered a once in a lifetime vacation once or twice a year. For perspective, back in the 60s, when that Senate subcommittee made that prediction, Niagara Falls was a honeymoon destination and Hawaii or Europe was a once in a lifetime trip. Now, I love to travel and I like nice things as much as anyone. So I'm not suggesting that those things are bad. I'm just saying that we want to be mindful of the trade-offs. Your time is being traded for money. And time is what your life is made of. Your time and the time with those you love are the only completely irreplaceable resources in this life. So when you look at something and say, how much does this cost? The answer to that is not just measured in dollars or euros. It's measured in what it costs you to earn that money, the time, the stress, the burnout, and the recovery from burnout. It's not just the time you spend on the job. Are you answering emails and finishing up projects at night? In some corporate environments, that's expected. Are you sitting in traffic and how much time are you spending on that? What are the costs of all those miles on your car? The current IRS allowance for mileage is, is 65 and a half cents per mile. So if you commute 15 miles each way to work, that's costing you $20 per day or $5,000 a year just for the commute. And remember, the costs aren't just gas, it's maintenance and how often you have to replace your car. That's what you're spending to go make money. 
For a well-paid professional job, that isn't much, but there are people who do that kind of commute for a minimum wage job. And at federal minimum wage of $7.25 an hour, yes, that's what it still is in 2023, those folks spend half of their day earning the money to pay for their commute to work. Then, are you eating out because you're too tired to cook? That's an added cost to your burnout life. Are you paying bills late because the month passes by in a blink and you forgot what day it was? Or are you racking up monthly charges for things you don't really want because you don't have time to cancel a subscription? Are you paying for a gym membership and then don't have time or energy to go? So one thing is to really make a decision about what you want to give this one precious life to. What really gives you quality of life? What really makes you happy? Decide what is meaningful for you to trade your life in order to have. What you truly want to say yes to and what is just stuff. And once you've decided that, remove the noise from your life. If I'm waiting on hold on the phone or waiting on a line, I pull up emails from all the companies that send me ads almost every day and unsubscribe. I'm sure you see that too, when you ordered something from a company once and then you get emails daily from them forever until you take a minute to stop the noise. You're not just stopping the clutter in your inbox, you're also stopping the incessant temptation to trade your life for stuff. Let's take a break here. This is Dr. Camille and Healthy Wealthy You, and we'll talk more about the causes of burnout, and then we'll have a lot of practical tips for pulling ourselves out of it. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Healthy Wealthy You will help you find the tools to become the best version of yourself. We'll explore all aspects of well-being, nutrition, lifestyle, fitness, mental health, relationships, family, work, finances. It's you living your best life. No matter what your current health or life obstacles, we want to help you cross that bridge to your new life. Our experience with food, nutrition, supplements, functional medicine, specific health issues, and every aspect of what it means to be truly healthy will provide something for every level of interest, bringing new twists on what you already know. We'll help you figure out why you haven't achieved your goals and learn strategies to help you create a personal approach that finally works for you. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. If you have questions for Dr. Camille or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now, back to the show with Dr. Camille. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. This is Dr. Camille. So what else is driving our need to work so much? Another thing is that we pay tremendous amounts of money for things that, in most other countries, are paid for by tax dollars. According to the World Population Review, there are 39 countries in the world in which college is free or close to free. These countries include Brazil, India, and Russia, countries that are less well-off economically than the U.S., but they still manage to give a free education. 
In fact, m- many people don't realize that there are even countries that offer free or close to free university education to foreign students. And some of those educations are even offered in English. So if you can't afford an education here, consider that for a plane ticket and some courage, you might still be able to follow your dreams. Students here mire themselves in so much debt that they often can't get out from under it for years. And yet, whenever there is a bill to ease student loan debt, even loans from deceptive lenders who prey on the situation, people cry, unfair, why do I have to pay my credit card bills and they get their debt canceled? Well, one thing to think about is that investing in our children is investing in our society. These are the kids whose work will keep our country vital and strong. These are the kids whose minds will foster innovation. And bluntly, these are the kids who will pay it forward into your Social Security and Medicare and will care for you when you grow old. The other thing is that we pay a crazy amount for health care. 83 countries in the world give free or almost free health care. In fact, Brazil even gives free health care to tourists, to anyone who shows up. I have a global health insurance policy. And when I was shopping around, the very first question I was asked by every single company was, do you want health care for the United States? Because saying yes to that question puts you in a completely different category of price and coverage. You would be amazed at what is covered and what the prices are when the U.S. is excluded. My relatives in Europe are shocked by stories of the U.S. For example, if they need a new pair of glasses, both the exam and the prescription glasses together cost 10 euros, which is about $11. Here, two-thirds of all bankruptcies in the U.S. are due to health care costs especially because if you get sick or injured, you may be laid off from your job and then lose your insurance altogether. And even if you are insured, any serious illness will lead to crushing co-pays and unreimbursed expenses. And how many people stick with jobs that cause burnout just because they don't want to lose their insurance? Yet we fight against universal health care. We think that there will be terrible wait times, but people wait for months for appointments here too. It's so common, for example, to compare our wait times to Canada, but in article after article, the same statistic is quoted, and it compares the time it takes to see a new general practitioner in the U.S. with the time that it takes to to see a specialist in Canada, and that's just not comparable. And part of why that happens is it's just the myth. We're promoting this myth over and over again that there's something wrong with universal health care. And keep in mind that if you can't afford health care, your wait time is forever. Most of the rest of the world seems to make universal health care work, and we can do it too. One of the other things that stops us is the idea that we are getting the best health care in the world. And that if we have universal health care, it'll compromise that. But if we measure our health care system by life expectancy, then the United Nation currently ranks us 47th in the world. We are 47th in the world on life expectancy. And we die a full six years earlier than first place Hong Kong. I was speaking with a functional medicine doctor in Europe who works in a highly specialized clinic that treats the most difficult diseases. He made such an interesting comment. He said that the worst health care in the world, in his opinion, was among affluent Americans because they were always doing unnecessary and experimental things, taking medications based on statistics, even though those medications might have harmful side effects, taking experimental drugs and procedures that had been rushed through approval due to politics and doing many elective procedures just out of vanity. So maybe here again, we can be a little bit choosy about what we need. Another myth is that the countries with universal health care and universal education must have an unbearably high tax rate. 
but consider that our tax rate isn't that much higher. But consider that if you look at it, our tax rate isn't that much higher than many of these countries, but they get so much more for their tax dollar. And if we add the cost of education and the cost of health care and the cost of old age care to what we pay in taxes, since those aren't covered, we actually pay a higher percentage in combined cost than virtually any country in the world. In fact, for some people, especially the people who are selling their homes to pay for these expenses or are thrown into bankruptcy because of them, the combined cost is clearly more than 100% of their income. It's amazing to see how much property my friends and relatives in Europe own. They don't have the cash flow that we do, but they still own grandma's house and great grandpa's farm. They don't work every minute of their lives and then have nothing to show for it at the end. They don't have to sell their house to pay to grow old. So if your burnout is coming because of a stack of medical bills or because of student loans, or if you have adult children living at home because they can't afford to move out, please think about this. This social structure perpetuates itself because we hold on to these myths and we need to use our political voices to change. We need to expect education for our children. We need to expect healthcare for our families. We need to expect to have some level of care for when we grow old. Plenty of other countries do this successfully. And while you can always find negative stories from any system, we have our share of those two, and we can't let that deter us. Use your vote and use your voice. And we need to ask corporations and the wealthy to pay their fair share. Often corporations such as Amazon pay zero in tax. Because of trickle-down economics of the last 45 years, these corporations not only get zero in tax, they get hundreds of billions of dollars in tax subsidies. That's your money going to make big corporations even bigger. Recently, we've passed bills to support the middle class and the working class, and I think we need more of that. Just as a contrast, as an aside, in the 1950s, the ultra-wealthy paid a 92% tax rate, and that was considered fair because their businesses use the most resources in order to make their money. Tax dollars built and maintained the roads and bridges that they used to transport the goods they sold. Police and fire departments protected their large properties, their large factories. Tax subsidies, even then, help them thrive and grow. Now, I'm not advocating for 92%, but I'm just saying that at one point, that was what was considered a fair share. So why aren't we asking more of them? The corporate tax right now is 15%. We could be asking more. You work so hard every day. You should reap more of the benefit of that in the form of reasonable health care and reasonable education for your children. Again, most of the rest of the world already receives that. I've talked a lot about social constructs that are driving us today because I think that they have really gotten out of hand. It's hard for people today to make a living wage. It's hard to support a family and life isn't adding up for a lot of people. We need to collectively make changes from the top down or many of us will just continue to go two steps forward and two steps back. Let's take a break here. And when we come back, we'll bring it down to the personal level. Let's talk about what's happening in our families. And we'll also come back with a lot of practical tips for bringing yourself out of burnout. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Healthy Wealthy You will help you find the tools to become the best version of yourself. We'll explore all aspects of well-being, nutrition, lifestyle, fitness, mental health, relationships, family, work, finances. It's you living your best life. 
No matter what your current health or life obstacles, we want to help you cross that bridge to your new life. Our experience with food, nutrition, supplements, functional medicine, specific health issues, and every aspect of what it means to be truly healthy will provide something for every level of interest, bringing new twists on what you already know. We'll help you figure out why you haven't achieved your goals and learn strategies to help you create a personal approach that finally works for you. Resiliency is the human capacity to lean into individual and collective strengths with compassion and grit when faced with the challenges of lived experience. Join host Elaine miller Karras for Resiliency Within, a program of hope and healing designed to inspire you to integrate wellness into your life, your family, and your community. In challenging times, you'll want to tune in every week. Resiliency Within can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. If you have questions for Dr. Camille or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now, back to the show with Dr. Camille. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. This is Dr. Camille, and we're talking about burnout. Now, as I said, let's bring it down to the personal level. I've talked earlier about work ethic. And believe me, being proud of a job well done is a great thing. And teaching that to our children is even better. I'm all for it. What concerns me is the negative messaging around taking a break. All those words, all those value judgments that I mentioned earlier. Taking a break does not make a person worthless and aimless and good for nothing. We must have breaks We're humans, not robots. Think of the writing on a page. The blank space on the page is necessary. If the page were crammed with words, it would be exhausting to read. We need that blank space in our lives too. So one thing that's important is to make sure that you actually claim the blank space in your life. Breaks need to be breaks. If you're mulling over a work problem as you lay in bed at 2 a.m. unable to sleep, then you're not getting the rest you need and you absolutely will burn out. If you feel as though the sky will fall if you let your list go for an hour or a day or a week, then you are on the road to making yourself sick. Human beings are not meant to live this way. Take an honest look at your life and see what's driving you. What is missing? Now, I said at the outset that I know some of the things can't be changed. Maybe we're caring for someone in the family with an illness or special needs, and that takes every minute of every day. And we do it lovingly. But even you need a break. Is there a friend who can help? Is there a family member? Or maybe even an organization that you can turn to for support? If you're a single parent who can help, maybe you can relocate to be closer to family. Maybe there's another single parent nearby who would only be too happy to share responsibilities. Sometimes even two single moms might move in together so they can parent all the kids together and share expenses. Be creative. Think outside the box. You cannot keep going as you are forever. And maybe we just try too hard with our kids. We want to give them everything we didn't have. Parents always want to give their children a better life. But maybe a better life isn't buying more stuff or driving them to more activities. They need the blank space on the page too. I see kids that have their day stuffed with so many sports and after-school activities that they don't even start their homework until 10 p.m. That may not be the better life that we envisioned. Often, after years of dance classes or 
or sports teams, they rebel against the grueling schedule and walk away from what the family poured all their time and energy and money into. Because there wasn't balance. There wasn't blank space on the page. There wasn't time to rest. It is human to burn out if we don't have that. When we're pushing ourselves to do too much, it's good to take an honest look at who we're doing this all for. Take a look if it's the voice inside our heads that say that if we rest, we're worthless and good for nothing. Where does that voice come from? Does it come from society? Is it a voice from our childhoods? Maybe from a parent who was exacting or demanding or pushed us too hard. Did we feel as though nothing we did was ever good enough? Did we constantly try to please a parent that was cold or absent? Maybe if I twist myself in knots to be perfect, then daddy will come back or mommy will show me love. But maybe dad leaving or mom not showing love had nothing to do with anything you did. And yet we're still pushing ourselves to the extreme to be the perfect parent, the perfect wife or husband, the perfect employee. Let go. Just let go. Breathe. Slow down. One of the best things that we get to do as adults is to see our parents from the perspective of adult behavior, rather than how we saw them when we were children. Look at their struggles, forgive their failings, recognize what they didn't know or understand. They had child programming too. They had a voice inside their heads too. The emotional legacy of families, that generational legacy is a powerful thing. And someone has to break that chain. Someone has to say, enough. Someone has to do things in a different way. Let that be you. I was in a seminar once. There were about 150 people. And we were talking about just this topic, emotional family legacy. One woman was being coached by the facilitator in front of the group. And she just could not let go of some of the things her parents had done. I'm sure whatever it was, it was a difficult thing. After some time, she still wasn't having a breakthrough. The facilitator asked her how old her parents were when she was born. She said they were 23 and 21. So he asked all the people in the seminar who were close to that age to stand up. It was such a powerful moment. The people who stood up were barely adults themselves. They had purple hair, innocent faces. He said, look at these people who are standing, just starting out life themselves. Do you think that they have life all figured out? Do you think your parents did? Cut them some slack. Wow, that stays with me. So I think of my parents often with a lot of compassion. My dad grew up in an orphanage. My mother spent her late teens and early 20s at the epicenter of a war zone. Can I blame them for not having life all figured out? It's a natural thing to think that if we don't get the love we want, it's our fault. It starts when we're children because developmentally, children only know their own world. They are the center of the world. So if something bad happens, it must be their fault. If mommy or daddy is unhappy, it must be because of something they did. And that's a scary thing because mommy and daddy take care of them. What if our parents are not there to take care of us? That's a terrifying thing to a young child. And that leads to self-blame, the desire to fix it so that we're not alone and vulnerable and abandoned. If it's my fault, then I just have to work harder to fix it. Then I will be loved. Then I will be taken care of, the child thinks. And we keep on playing that out in our lives until we stop. We play out pleasing our parents, our spouses, our kids, our bosses, 
until we burn out under the weight of it all, or until we take a hard look and decide to stop. And that's what I encourage you to do today. Know that you are good enough. Know that you are enough. Know that you are human. Acknowledge that you are doing your best. And then take a rest. If your family situation is truly serious and that is too hard to unravel on your own, please work with someone. Find a therapist that you resonate with and do the deep work. Do it with courage and break the cycle. Do it for yourself, your family, and your children. One of the most difficult things about burnout is that we can be too burned out to take the steps that are needed to pull ourselves out of it. So where do we start? First of all, I'm going to refer you to some previous podcasts in which we talked about stress and we talked about energy. I just did an encore of my episode about energy two weeks ago. It was about how we make energy at the cellular level, at the level of the mitochondria, and what nutrients are needed to make the wheels turn. I also discuss how functional medicine looks at health issues, and I think that gives some valuable insights as well. I would also recommend our very first episode, How to Be Human in a Hard-to-Be-Human World. It's all about getting back to the basics of what it takes to run this miraculous thing that is a human body. We talked about the importance of sleep and sunlight and drinking water all the things that we so easily take for granted when we're in burnout and how important they can be. Please listen to our episode from last month on caffeine and how it can affect the most regenerative part of our sleep cycle and how we can optimize our caffeine to give us the most benefit from the brain lift without compromising that regenerative part of our sleep cycle too much. This is especially important if you're not getting refreshing sleep or are overly dependent on caffeine to get you through the day. I also think that the June 16th episode on too many choices is helpful. It's all about getting rid of mental clutter. And if resolving burnout means a major life change and you want some inspiration and encouragement, please check out the February episodes on changing your life. They're some of my favorites. They will warm your heart and give you courage. We talk about finding and holding that spark that helps empower you to make change. We talk about figuring out what matters most to you in life, about overcoming fear, and about having the resilience to overcome whatever obstacles might stand in your way. And please share your stories with me. Write to me at drcamille.hwu at gmail.com. I want to hear about the transformations you make and some of the things that you'd like me to talk about on our show that might help. Now, I said we were going to take this conversation all the way down to the cellular level. So let's talk about some of the medical things that you can do. First, take some basic vitamins. I have a great multivitamin on my website. I like covering the bases, knowing that I'm getting my B vitamins and my minerals the essential things. Next, just start eating better a little bit. When people start out with me, I don't ask them to give up anything. First, we start with more. More water, more vegetables and fruit, regular protein, the good oils from seeds and nuts and olive oil. It'll pick up your energy, nourish your brain, help your sleep, and start to stabilize your blood sugar levels. Then later we can work on the caffeine or the alcohol or the sugar or whatever is stealing your energy and sleep. And start oxygenating. If you aren't exercising or aren't exercising enough and you're just too darn tired, then breathe. Take every opportunity that you can. If you're waiting on hold, if you're in a boring meeting, It doesn't have to be obvious. Just start taking deep belly breaths, nice and slow and even. Nothing dramatic. Don't hyperventilate. 
just get more oxygen into your brain and into your cells. Then if you can, get a basic checkup. The most basic of tests, the CBC, will show how your red blood cells are doing. They bring the oxygen and nutrition to your brain and cells. Check if you're deficient in iron or B12. That can affect your energy in huge ways. Take a look at your thyroid function. That could be part of it. You can also do a more complex nutrient profile. I have a great nutrient profile on my website, so you can check your status on a wide range of nutrients. How is your sleep? If our brains aren't nourished, we can't sleep well. In our first show, I discussed how important nutrition is to sleep. If our blood sugar is low, our brains are on alert all night. On the flip side, if we're processing too many calories from dinner, our digestion is too active and we can't rest. If we ate a lot of carbs or alcohol at dinner, we're bathing our brains in acetaldehyde, that chemical cousin of formaldehyde that I discussed in our second episode. And if we had alcohol, then our bodies are also processing the alcohol and postponing processing nutrition until that's done. Depending on how much we had, that could take a while. We might also have stress and cortisol issues. I've talked about using cortisol manager to dampen the cortisol at night and using adaptogens in the morning to strengthen our adrenals. Those can be important for energy and resilience. Those are on my website too. Adaptogens are great for an energy boost. They stimulate the body's resistance to physical, environmental, and emotional stressors. One of my favorites is the Chinese herb astragalus. It's mild, but powerful. It helps energy and adrenal function. It supports the immune system. It builds muscle tone. So if you haven't exercised for a while, it can help you feel stronger and help you get started. The only caution is that you don't want to take astragalus when you have some kind of infection. It builds your immune system in between illnesses. The reason is that it's so good at building up the body that it makes the germ strong too. Schizandra is another interesting Chinese herb. It calms cortisol and helps sleep. It improves memory, coordination, and endurance. It helps strength and stamina and helps liver function. Licorice is an adaptogen that's good for energy. It's anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, and antiviral. It's good for the digestion and helps sore throat. Just make sure that you get licorice root and not just candy, which really doesn't have much licorice in it at all. And if you have high blood pressure and taking it for any length of time, take something called DGL licorice. This is what's known as deglycerized licorice. They've removed a chemical that leads to high blood pressure. So make sure you get that kind. Schizandra, astragalus, and licorice are available together with other adaptogens in a classic Chinese formula called Guip1. That's spelled G-U-I-P-I, either Guip1 or Guipitan. It's It builds energy and blood and helps sleep. Now, just be careful to get a formula If you're getting Guapi One, just be careful to get a brand that does not contain red ginseng. Red ginseng is also called Chinese or Korean ginseng. While red ginseng is a powerful herb and a powerful adaptogen, it's often too strong for most people. It raises high blood pressure and is completely contraindicated for anyone that already has high blood pressure. Don't take it even for a day. It can also lead to anxiety and anger if you take too much. So be careful with the brand that you choose. I'll post a good brand that doesn't have red ginseng for you to try. And on the other side, if you are someone who is weak or has low blood pressure, you might want to try red ginseng, but do it with the support of someone who knows herbal medicine. Siberian ginseng can be more moderate. It's a mid-range adaptogen. It builds adrenals, 
but not excessively. It helps stamina and resistance to stress, and it helps immunity. American ginseng is cooling and moistening, and it's excellent for building female hormones. Goji berries are a great adaptogen, and some people like the taste and will even put them on their morning cereal. Goji berries are cooling and moistening. They're excellent for vision. They're good for building blood, and they also help sleep. Ganoderma is another great Chinese adaptogen. It's an antioxidant. It helps stabilize blood sugar and helps insulin resistance. It's been shown to have anti-cancer effects. Rishi mushrooms are similar. They are adaptogens and antioxidants. They stabilize blood sugar and reduce cholesterol and triglycerides. They are also anti-cancer. They've been shown to positively impact white blood cells and inflammation pathways, and they help depression. Ashwagandha helps stress and anxiety, and there is some evidence that it also helps with depression. It's a great one for athletes, helping with stamina, muscle strength, oxygenation, and recovery from sports. It's been useful to boost testosterone and DHEA. It can be helpful for low sperm count and sperm motility, and it's been shown to be helpful with type 2 diabetes. It also helps brain function. This includes cognitive functions such as executive functioning, attention, reaction time, performance on cognitive tasks, memory, attention, and the speed at which we process information. Tulsi, which is also known as holy basil, is seen to help regulate metabolic syndrome, diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood pressure. It can help reduce BMI. As a result of this, it may be useful in reducing heart risk. It lessens inflammation, particularly in the lungs. It can help asthma, and it can help attention, memory, and resistance to stress. Rhodiola is another one. It's been used for centuries in Scandinavia and Russia. It helps resistance to cold. It helps our resistance to stress and helps people come back from burnout. It can help anxiety, depression, and fatigue. It's good for concentration and memory and helps muscle strength, stamina, and recovery from exercise. These adaptogens can all help boost your energy and are especially good in the morning to get your day going. Well, I hope that this episode gives you some inspiration and that every day you can take some time for yourself to truly rest, to give yourself some blank space on the page. In that empty space, there is healing. Thank you for joining me today. This has been Dr. Camille and Healthy Wealthy You. I look forward to talking with you more next week. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Healthy Wealthy You. Have a question but weren't able to get on the show today? Join us next week and call in. Until then, hold that inspiration.